Thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Church Podcast. Here at Velocity, we love to hear about how lives are changed. And if that's you, let us know and send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now enjoy today's message. What I want to talk about, this brand new series, The Leadership Laboratory. I'm curious before I even get started, uh, those of you who are here, how many of you are in a leadership position? If you just raise your hand, let me know that you're here. And see, I'm actually waiting for every hand to go up because leadership is not synonymous with a position. Leadership is not synonymous with a title. Leadership is not synonymous with having direct reports. Uh, Really, to be a leader is to think like a leader with every decision that you make. That's what we saw in that video, just ordinary people responding and saying, hey, we're going to do something about this rescuing people and saving lives. And I'm excited to do an entire series on leadership. I've never done anything like this before. This actually was inspired by a group that I lead over the summer. I've done this for two years now called Leadership Coffee. And uh, the coffee's great, but the content and what, we, what transpires in that time is even better. And uh, I just thought, man, this has been so good for me personally uh, that I wanted to share it. And part of the idea is, the reason it's Leadership Laboratory is because I want to stay in learning mode. And I don't ever want to leave the laboratory. Kind of the, the some, sometimes people think the moment you become an expert on something is when you stop experimenting. And I want to keep learning. I want to keep experimenting. And so what we're going to do in this series is really teach you how to think like a high-level leader. And whatever sphere of responsibility God has given you, whatever opportunities to influence God has placed in your path, uh, we're going to talk about how to think like a high-level leader at every decision that you make. And one of the things that encourages me more than anything else, if you want to know how to make your pastor feel good, this is the thing, is when people come up to me, leaders in our church, which would be everybody, come up to me and say, Pastor, you know that, that illustration you gave? That point you talked about, I shared that same thing with my staff. I shared that same thing with my team. I shared that same thing with my client or my coworkers. That's the essence of leadership, really. It's it's taking things and reinforcing them, driving those values down deep. And so what I want to do in this series is really give you some new handles with which you can talk about leadership, uh, a new lens with which you can look at leadership. And we're going to have five of them starting, this is five weeks, and uh, here they are up here. And you're going to have to come each week to get them. It's like Pokemon. you got to catch them all. Uh, If you miss a week, you just miss it. And we're going to have some fun stuff we do with it. Uh, But today is going to be a little bit different. Every week in this series, I'm going to give you some insanely practical tips that you can immediately put into practice, that you can immediately apply to whatever it is you're putting your hand to, whatever sphere God has given you to influence, whatever opportunity God has placed in your path. But today what I want to do is I want to set up this series, first of all, and then I want to preach to you on the front end. I'm going to preach to you up front. On the back end, I'm going to give you three practical applications that you can immediately apply in your life this week. Uh, apply in your leadership, uh, apply whatever God's given you. Does that sound good to you? 
All right, about half of you. Uh, so half of you are going to grow in your leadership. The other of you, there's no hope for you. So uh, just kidding. I'm, I'm going to pray. That's what we should do. I want to pray. But let's, uh, let's dive into some scripture here. Uh, let, let's dig into this. I want to share with you a scripture that I've been holding on to now for uh, a number of months. God has really been using this to bless me and encourage me and help me frame the way I think about leadership. And it's found in Genesis chapter 26. If you want to uh, turn there in your Bibles, you can do that. If you have your iPhone, you can uh, look it up there. If you have your iPad, you can use that. Uh, or you can just use your eyelids, and we'll put it on the screen uh, so you can follow along that way. But in Genesis chapter 26, uh, starting in verse 12, this is what it says. Isaac planted crops in that land, and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until it became very wealthy. How many of you are like, I already like this sermon. This is going exact. I want to hear more about this. And it says, he had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the, walls, all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech, who was the king of the Philistines, he said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar, where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names his father had given them. I want to speak to you from this subject today, and it is not just the title of my sermon. It's the lens with which I want you to think about your leadership and see uh, what God wants to do in your life. It's the handle with which I want to help you talk about God growing your leadership. And if you're taking notes today, I'm calling this sermon. I want to talk to you about how to find your flow. Find your flow. Does that sound like that'll help anybody? Find your flow. Okay, let's pray. I'm going to ask for God's help, ask for his blessing on this message, and then we'll get into what God would say to us. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, God, that every time we open your word, you speak to us. And God, I'm asking that you would speak to us today, that you would use me and speak through me. God, I recognize that uh, it's only you that can take one message and speak it in an individual and personal way to a room full of people. And God, that's what I'm asking you to do. You know exactly what everybody's facing. You know what they're feeling. You know what they're going through. So God, use this to help us today. Bring us encouragement, bring us strength, bring us challenge. We thank you, God, that you will do that in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees with that can say amen. I really love this passage of scripture because it's become a metaphor to me with the way I think about leadership and I'll explain what I mean in a little bit. I guess I would just say leadership has a flow. You know what I mean, right? Like, like everything really has a flow. I mean, life has a flow. Relationships have a flow. Church ministry has a flow. A church service has a flow. And man, things are just better when they flow. Things are better with flow. Hip-hop is better with flow. It is. I mean, even if that doesn't apply to you, let's just be honest. Like, 
all of us, whatever sphere we're in, all of us are better when we've got some cash flow. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you don't have to force it, when it just flows, th things are better with, with flow. Sometimes, you know, I, when I go to the gym in the morning, the first reps are the hardest. Why? Because I got to get my blood flowing. Right. Yeah, I'm just trying to work this word a little bit. Uh, things are better with flow. I mean, when you see an athlete and they're in their flow, do we have any athletes here? Let me just see who you are. If you're an athlete, don't be timid about it. Come on, just raise your hand. Like, like man, when you're, in, when you're in your flow as an athlete, like you, you operate like you're from another planet. Like, like you can do things that are just beyond your natural skill level, just in the flow. I, I notice it when I'm preaching. Like, sometimes I'll be preparing a sermon and I'll study, 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 and nothing. And then all of a sudden, it's like something just switch and shifts and I'm in the flow and I can't write fast enough for how fast it's coming. Just, man, things are good when you're in the flow. When you're in the flow, I'm it's an amazing sensation. Uh, I'm talking about that, that idea where it's that feeling of being fully involved in your enjoyment and focus and, and whatever the activity or function is. Like, that's flow. And... I always just endeavor to live from that area as much as possible. Uh, I, I endeavor to try and lead from that area as much as possible. At the same time, though, as great as it is to be in the flow, how many of you know there is nothing more frustrating when you can't find your flow? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Just wave at me. Let me make sure you're paying attention. Like, I'm not talking like some theological content. I just mean in daily life. When you can't find your flow, when it's a grind, when it's hard yards every step of the way, is there anything more frustrating than when you can't find your flow? Well, that's what I want to talk about today, is how to find your flow when things aren't flowing. What do you do when what you've been tasked to lead isn't working? And I bring this up because in the text that we looked at, Isaac, this is Isaac of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac's flow has been interrupted. It's actually been interrupted multiple ways. And we read about it. It starts out in verse 12. Isaac planted crops in that land. Now, it says that land, but what I need you to understand is this wasn't his homeland. This wasn't the promised land. If you read this passage in context, it starts out in verse 1 says, now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine in Abraham's time because different struggle, different time. Every generation has their own struggles. There's a previous famine, but there's a famine in the land. It says, Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. So what happened was there was this famine. He was in the promised land, and God says, all right, I want you to go to this land. He leaves the place where he was planted, and goes to some place that he didn't plan to be, and he starts sowing there, and God starts blessing him there. Now, this isn't the main point of my sermon, but I think it's worth pointing out to you that as we talk about growing in our leadership, as we talk about growing in what we put our hand to, whether it's our business, our team, or people that we're investing in, as we talk about growing and increasing our capacity, one thing that you need to know 
is that you can't increase your capacity in your comfort zone. Now, you need to know that because I know there are people in this room right now, you feel like there is lack in your life. Like you don't have the thing that you need to accomplish what you feel like you're supposed to do. You feel like you don't have the brains that you need. You're not smart enough. You don't have the people that you need. You don't have the resource that you need. You don't have the strategy that you need. You, you don't have the system that you need. You don't have the equipment that you need. You, you don't have the thing. There's a shortage. There's a lack. There's a famine. There's a drought in your life. But I want you to see that sometimes God will use certain famines in our lives and in our emotions to force us out of where we're comfortable because you can't increase your capacity in your comfort zone. No doubt, in your leadership, in your relationships, in the task that you've been assigned, in the project that you're trying to accomplish, in the problem that you're trying to solve, no doubt you feel like there is something missing. But can I tell you, if you feel like there is something missing, like you don't have what you want, that thing that you think you need, the reason it's not there is because God wants to create space to increase your capacity with what he actually wants to put in your life. If you don't have something in your life, that's okay. Because you're not missing out. God's actually making room. See, Isaac, he was planted in a place, and now he's been pushed out of it. He's been pushed out by a famine driven out by a drought, pushed out by the, the weather and all this stuff going on. And it would have been really easy for him to cop an attitude, be like, God, why did you do this to me? I was in the promised land. I was in the place that you called me to. And now there's a famine. You could have done something about this. Now I'm going to a place because I'm obeying you, a place that I didn't plan to be. He could have copped an attitude about that. And the thing of it is, even though God began to increase his capacity there, because he sowed and God blessed him, we read that. The interesting thing, it wasn't without his own challenges. And I'll say this to you. Just like you can't increase your capacity in your comfort zone, you also can't increase your capacity without confrontation. When God wants to enlarge something in your life, there's going to be confrontation. You just better plan on it. Some sort of confrontation. This is what it says. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until it became very wealthy. And then look at what happens next. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. See, there's gonna be some haters. You start increasing. Now the Philistines, they were mercenaries. Philistines are often positioned in the Bible as the enemies of God's people. God is blessing Isaac. He's increasing Isaac. And they noticed how much God had blessed Isaac. And look what happened. It says, so all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. Now, I got to stop right there for just a minute and tell you this. Because what happens as we increase in capacity, 
as we grow in our relationship with God, as our passion for God increases, as our love for God increases, as our knowledge of God increases, as we grow in our relationship with God, as we grow, we become too big for some of the places where we've settled. That's what happens. Isaac grew and he got too big. As you grow in your relationship with God, you become too big for some of the habits that you've become comfortable with. As you grow, you've become too big for some of the relationships that you've become comfortable with. Can I just tell you, this is the reason some of you haven't found your flow. It's because you've still got relationships in your life that you had in high school, and you're too grown for them. I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm not saying that they're not good people. I'm just saying that you're too grown and God can't help you. He can't help you find your flow when you're settling in places where you don't belong. So Isaac, he, he's there, and now he's getting pushed out, getting pushed around. I, I need you to see this because sometimes in life we just we get pushed out and pushed around by insecurities, pushed around by setbacks, pushed around by what people said about us, pushed around by feeling like we don't have enough and, and pushed around by slander, pushed around by health problems. I just need you to like push somebody, make sure you're paying attention to this. Just push somebody, just get pushed around a little bit. And what I need you to see is as you're getting pushed out of what's comfortable, God's actually pulling you in to what's possible. He, he, he's pulling you in to his calling. He's, he's pulling you in to the plans he has for you. He's, he's pulling you in to what he wants to show you. Because, see, God blessed him, but Isaac, he's got loneliness. He's getting pushed out. He's got famine. He's getting pushed out. He's got drought. He's getting pushed out. And some of you are like, I thought God blessed him. Well, yeah, God did bless him. But if you just think that the blessing of God comes to coddle you, you're going to miss it when the blessing of God comes to challenge you. See, God, God is going to challenge you in some things because he wants to grow you. He wants to grow your capacity, to grow your leadership. So I just need to set this up because you need to understand Isaac is not in the promised land. I mean, this would be a lame sermon if Isaac was in the promised land, I'd call it find your flow. And you'd be like, yeah, I just need to get in the promised land. I just need to get in God's perfect will for my life. And then I'm going to find my flow. I don't need to listen to 35 minutes about to find my flow. Just get in God's will and it'll happen. It's obvious, pastor. But I need you to see, Isaac got pushed out of the place where he's called to, into a place he didn't plan on being. And even in that place, that valley, that desert, that dry land, in the middle of a famine, even there, and that's not the only thing. I mean, he had opposition, and his, even there, his opposition did him dirty, right? I mean, you saw that. It says that they envied him, so they stopped up the wells, filling them with dirt. Even in that place, he was able to find a flow. Now, you got to understand, maybe helpful, that in antiquity, Bible times that we're reading about, when somebody would dig a well, 
It was equivalent to staking claim to that territory, saying this is the place where I belong. And so Abraham, his father, had dug some wells there. He had staked his claim to this property. Now, not only that, bear in mind, he's in Gerar, valley, desert, on the edge of a desert, dry land, during a famine. In a very real sense, in so many ways, water would have been more precious than gold. So for these enemies to come in and stop up the well, this isn't just vandalism. This isn't just like idle threats. This is them taking really an attack on his life. It's war. And so the Philistines, they see that God is blessing Isaac. And they know that there's nothing they can do to stop God's blessing, to take away God's blessing. So what they try and do is block God's blessing. Now, I need to tell you this, and and you need to know this if you don't, that if you're a follower of Christ, God has already blessed you. You have God's blessing on your life. In fact, let me take it one step further. If you're a follower of Christ, God has blessed you as much as he is ever going to bless you. Is that encouraging or discouraging? I don't know. But he has done everything he's going to do for you. Scripture says, Ephesians 1 verse 3, look it up on your own time. Thanks be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So you already have God's blessing. You have as much of God's blessing as you are going to get. But I wonder, see, the enemy can't take away God's blessing. But I wonder, I wonder what's blocking God's blessing in your life. I wonder what dirt the enemy has on you that's keeping you held back. I wonder what's stopping you. Because so many times when we're looking for God's blessing, We're looking for the blessings to flow down. But God has already blessed us. So the the blessing's not coming from up there. The miracle is in that well that's stopped up with some stuff that we got to dig into. I I wonder what's, what's stopping you today. That's why I like Isaac, because it says he took action. It says Isaac moved away from there, He encamped in the valley, and I'm glad it says valley because it says that that's where he settled. And even if you've settled in the wrong place, even if you've you've settled in the valley, if you'll just make a decision to start digging, even though there's a famine, even though there's a drought, I'm going to dig anyway. Even though it's dry, I'm going to dig anyway. Even though I'm discouraged, I'm going to dig. If you'll just make a decision to start digging, God can bring water even to a dry place. Even to a dry place. So I'm down, but I'm digging anyway. And it says, Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. So what we need to do is excavate. 
You wanna grow in your leadership? You gotta start digging. You can't build high until you dig deep. You ever noticed that before? Any of those big buildings they build, they dig for a long time. The higher it goes, the, the deeper they dig. It's the same thing in your life. You wanna grow in your leadership. You wanna find your flow. You're gonna have to start digging. You gotta dig out some things. You gotta dig out regrets. You gotta dig out those complaints. You gotta dig out some of those excuses. You, you gotta make the decision that I don't wanna stay stopped up. I want it to spring up. I'm, I'm gonna dig into it. So I wanna give you three quick things that I see that Isaac did that are gonna help you find your flow today. Uh, three things that, that you can do when something's not working in the areas where God has called you to, the, the spheres of influence and responsibility that God has given you. I wanna give you three things that are gonna help you unblock your leadership flow. You ready for them? Here's the first one that you need to know. First thing is, you need to know that you can find a new flow from an old well. You can find a new flow from an old well. See, sometimes we have to reopen wells. And I bring that up because I've noticed in my life, it's a lot more fun to plot wells than it is to purge wells. It's a lot more fun to think, I need some new idea, I need some new strategy than to actually fix what's not working. And you gotta understand, the wells were there all along. And so many times we think finding our flow means we're gonna find something new, but you can find a new flow in an old well. And this is exactly what this series is gonna do for you. It's gonna help you tap into some leadership potential that you've neglected. It's gonna help you dig into some things that you've walked away from, help you dig into some things that you've abandoned. You're gonna find a new flow, but it's not gonna come from a new well. It's in a well that you already have. And in fact, let me put it to you a different way. So often, the wisdom we need for the challenges that we're facing, it's in a word that you've already heard. Now, I know that's not popular, but let me tell you, and this is how I've seen it work. And I know some of you, you probably wonder, like, what do I do besides the three hours on a weekend? But one of the things I do is I meet with people, and uh, it's part of being a pastor, and people want to talk about the issues in their life and, and some counsel and some guidance. And every single time, within my lifetime of pastoring, nobody's ever gonna wanna meet with me after I say this again. Every single time somebody comes, saying, Pastor, this is the issue in my life, this is what I need help with. Every single time. It's in the message that I preached the previous Sunday. Every time. See, but we want some new wisdom. We want some fresh insight. Because if there's something that I don't have in my life that I need, then I don't have to take responsibility for not applying what I already know. And the wisdom you need for the challenge that you're facing is in the word that you've already received. How in the world are you gonna dig a new well when you won't even dig out the well that's been stopped up? 
Let me put that a different way. The love that you're looking for, it's in a relationship that you already have. So many times you think you need a different relationship. No, you just need to start treating the relationship you have the right way. You don't need a new system. You don't need a new strategy. You don't need a new calling. You don't need a new vision. You don't need a new job. You don't need a new position. What you need is to tap into and dig into and unblock the well that's already there. So that's what we're gonna do in this series. What you need is point number two. You need to perform a well check. Perform a well check. In other words, you need to ask this question, is this working well? You need to check on it. Because there's a lot of wells in our life that aren't flowing. And the only way for us to get them to flow again is to do some well checks. We gotta dig into the problem. Did we do it well? So write this down. It's called evaluation. Evaluation. You need to do this at every layer. You need to do this with your team. You need to do this with yourself. You need to do this with the system. You need to do it with the strategy. You need to do this with the execution. You need to do this with the delivery. You need to do this with the process. You need to do this on the pre. You need to do this with the post. You need to do this at every level evaluation. And if something isn't flowing in your life, I can promise you, it's because you haven't done the hard work of evaluation. You see, evaluation is excavation. It's digging into the problem. It's saying, at what level is this not working? And a good leader, a high level leader, can do this at every level, at every level, not complaining, but critiquing, evaluating, excavating. See, complaining, that's staying at the surface level. Anybody, anybody can comment on a condition. Anybody can say, that well's not working. It doesn't take a leader to do that. But a leader digs into the situation and says, at what level is this not working? A leader identifies causes and connects to solutions and contributes to solutions, makes connections. That's what a leader does. And if you're not doing that, if you're not identifying the cause, making a connection and contributing to the solution, you're not a leader because that's what leaders do. A high-level leader can go into any situation Say, at what level is this not working? But the last thing, I'll give this to you. The last thing is this. You got to get your hands dirty. You got to get your hands dirty. See, Isaac went to some wells that no longer worked, and he made them work again. How did he do it? Well, he got his hands dirty, and he removed what was blocking the flow. And to find your flow to make it grow, it's gonna take some people who realize I signed up to get my hands dirty. I didn't sign up 
to sit in meetings all, all day. I signed up to solve problems. I, I signed up to get involved in this. I signed up to create some solutions. That's what it means to be a leader. So, so sometimes I meet people and they're like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an idea person. Yeah, I, I come up with strategies. Or maybe they don't say that, but that's how they operate. Like, like my job is to just come up with the ideas. See, I've, I've noticed that everybody loves to come up with ideas. Ideas are sexy, man. We can come up with all sorts of ideas. Not very many people like to execute. But your job as a leader isn't to put a place on a map and say, I think that might be a good place to dig a well. Your job as a leader is to keep things flowing. You gotta keep it flowing. It's not simply your, your job to just strategize. You gotta put your hands to work, get involved in the process. You gotta get your hands dirty. Because lots of times you don't unblock things with just one shovel. It takes some work. And if you want a neat, tidy, organized life, I'm not mad at you. I don't hate you. I don't even blame you. But you can't be a leader if that's what you want. Because being a leader means getting your hands dirty. One of my favorite scriptures, it's one of my favorites because it's humorous to me. It's in Proverbs 14, verse four. But it says, where there is no ox, the stable is clean. But much increase comes by the strength of an ox. Okay? So if you want a pretty stable, that's one thing. But if you want the power of an ox, that's another thing. In other words, strength is sloppy. The, the, the power that comes from leading a team, aligning people to a task, it's not always pretty getting there. So you can keep your hands pretty or put your hands to work. If you wanna be a leader, if you want the strength, you're gonna to have to shovel a lot of crap, dirt. Is that okay to say? That's what it means to be a leader. You gotta get your hands dirty. I don't know why we'd ever expect it to be any different. I mean, when we look at the growth process, the way that Jesus talked about the growth process, he talked about it in John chapter 15. This is how he described it. He says, I'm the vine, my father's the vine dresser. Those who abide in me, and don't bear any fruit, he cuts off. Those who abide in me and bear fruit, he cuts back so that they'll produce more fruit. So either way you get cut. But the point is saying that when God wants to produce growth in our life, what does he do? Gets his hands dirty. Where do vines grow? In the dirt? reaches down, cuts back so that we can grow. 